Welcome to Seeking Alpha's Wall Street Breakfast, your daily source of market news and analysis. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Good morning. Today is Friday, April 8th, and I'm your host, Rena Sherbel. Our top stories today. EU to ban Russia's coal imports, Shanghai lockdown grows, and Apple to stream Friday night baseball. Leading today's news, targeting Moscow's key energy revenue for the first time, the European Union has approved sanctions to ban coal imports from Russia. Japan, one of the world's biggest energy importers, is also considering similar legislation. The EU package includes a separate ban on most Russian trucks and ships entering the bloc and was coordinated with the UK and the United States. On Thursday, Congress voted to ban American imports of Russian coal, oil, and gas, with the bill moving to President Biden's desk for his signature. Many of the recent sanctions leveled on Russia have power because they're based on the U.S. dollar, which is the most widely used currency in global financial markets, trade, and central bank reserves. However, some are cautioning that weaponizing the greenback in this fashion could erode its dominance, stoking fears that smaller currencies could gain a big role on the international stage. China is already buying Russian energy with the yuan, while India is looking into a rupee-ruble trade arrangement. An analyst at Credit Suisse, Zoltan Pozar, said wars upend the dominance of currencies and serve as a doula to the birth of new monetary systems. This time around, the U.S. went ahead with unprecedented sanctions on Russia's central bank, which has roughly a fifth of its $630 billion of foreign reserves in dollar-denominated assets. Many central banks across the globe have dollars in their rainy day funds, given their longtime marking of continuous stability. But data from the IMF shows that reserves have been coming out of the dollar and trickling into other currencies. There was $12 trillion worth of foreign reserves held by central banks around the world at the end of 2021, with the dollar accounting for about 59% of the total, down from 71% in 1999, the year the euro was launched. While the ruble this week did recover all of its losses that it has seen since the invasion of Ukraine in late February, many caution that that rebound was due to severe capital controls imposed by the Kremlin a doubling of interest rates, and foreign traders being barred from exiting their investments. While the decline of the dollar has been predicted many times before, the U.S. has been through many turbulent periods, with its currency still reigning supreme in global markets. America is also coordinating its sanctions with major allies, meaning other key currencies that can be used as an alternative, like the pound, euro, or yen, are also off the table. Moreover, countries may be hesitant to diversify their reserves to currencies like China's yuan, which is still not fully convertible and mixed into added geopolitical risks associated with China. On the other hand, the U.S. market offers a level of liquidity that is not seen anywhere else in the world, backed by free markets and strong financial institutions. What was supposed to be a staggered nine-day lockdown in Shanghai is morphing into something bigger, with a record 20,000 daily new coronavirus cases reported in China's largest city on Thursday. The restrictions have grown in severity and have been extended to the entire city. There are reports even of food and healthcare shortages, price gouging, and parents being forced to separate from their children. Mainland bottlenecks can eventually result in ocean shipping delays due to the buildup in orders and goods. As the virus spreads to more cities and provinces, alternate shipping channels may also be disrupted by lockdown measures, further weighing on the global supply chain. While China has conducted zero COVID lockdowns before, they have never been on this scale, hitting important manufacturing, financial, and logistical regions all at once. Note that 88% of the country's 1.4 billion population has been fully vaccinated, according to the National Health Commission of the People's Republic of China. 
Chief Economist Sam Cater commented, Mortgage rates have increased one and a half percentage points over the last three months alone, the fastest three-month rise since May of 94. The increase in mortgage rates has softened purchase activity such that the monthly payment for those looking to buy a home has risen by at least 20% from a year ago. According to the Freddie Mac Primary Mortgage Survey, 30-year fixed-rate mortgages averaged 4.72% with an average 0.8 for the week ending April 7th, up from last week when it averaged 4.67%, higher than 3.13% a year ago. The Federal Reserve clearly needs to raise its key interest rate to slow inflation, said St. Louis Fed President James Bullard at a speech at the University of Missouri on Thursday. How much the central bank needs to hike its policy rate will depend on how policymakers calculate what the preferred rate should be, he added. Like other Fed officials, Bullard also said the policymakers are set to start reducing the size of its almost $9 trillion balance sheet at an upcoming meeting. He said... Even being generous in interpretation, we're still behind the curve. The policy rate is only at about one-third of a percent, and using a Taylor-type rule, the policy rate should be at about 3.5%, he calculated. One concludes that the current policy rate is too low by about 300 basis points, Bullard said. That interpretation, though, doesn't take into account the credibility of the Fed and its forward guidance. Bullard said the difference between today and the 70s is that the central banks have a lot more credibility. After the Fed raised rates to tame inflation, the Federal Reserve gained more credibility, he said. Bullard observed that the yield curve has uninverted in the last couple of days. Running off the balance sheet should ease pressure on the long end of the curve. Initial jobless claims report this week was down 5,000 to 166,000. Bankrate.com senior economic analyst Mark Hamrick said that claims remain so low at a time of such turmoil suggests that for now at least, the economy is holding up in the face of soaring crude oil, gasoline, and other prices. How long this can persist remains to be seen, with the Federal Reserve signaling that interest rates will be rising while it also shrinks its massive balance sheet, the economy, including households and businesses, will be further tested in the months to come. Fortunately, with the nation's unemployment rate at 3.6%, the economy is in a much better position to absorb these challenges than would have been the case earlier in the pandemic. Forgive the baseball metaphors. Apple will be shooting for a home run on Friday night as it steps up to the plate with its first live sports broadcast. Friday Night Baseball will debut on Apple TV Plus with a streaming doubleheader as the New York Mets meet the Washington Nationals at 7 p.m. and the LA Angels host the Houston Astros at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Apple reportedly paid $85 million for the two games each week, which will be available for free for a limited time without having a $4.99 monthly subscription to the streaming service. Apple wrote in a blog post, throughout the Friday night baseball broadcast, fans can enjoy on-screen call-outs about batters walk-up songs from Apple Music, test their knowledge of baseball trivia with help from Siri, and more. Friday night baseball will also incorporate new on-screen graphics that include innovative new probabilities-based forecasts of different situational outcomes, plus highlights and live look-ins from around the league integrated right into the broadcast. The deal with Apple TV+, Plus, which had about 20 million paid subscribers in 21, comes after ESPN, which is owned by Disney, slashed its broadcast rights to Major League Baseball games this season. It's also part of Apple's push to generate more cash flow from an expansion into online services. Streaming rival Amazon aired several Yankees games back in 2019 and just signed an 11-year agreement valued at $1 billion per year to exclusively stream Thursday night football games on the Prime Video app. 
niche sports leagues may be the next frontier in acquisitions for the ravenous streaming industry, according to CNBC's Alex Sherman, who observes that rising sports rights fees mean content giants will be paying up one way or another. The trends point the way toward a potential buyout for groups like Formula One, NASCAR, World Wrestling Entertainment, or Ultimate Fighting Championship. ESPN, interestingly, has paid $1.5 billion for five-year UFC TV rights through 2025. A renewal could set back the company even more after passing on a $4.3 billion deal to buy the sports company outright in 2016. According to Reuters, Tesla will start selling the much-awaited Cybertruck in 2023. Elon Musk made this commitment at the opening party for the company's Gigatexas factory. Cybertruck's original launch date was 2021, but it was delayed to 2022 and now to 23. Cybertruck production was delayed due to supply chain issues. The Cybertruck will be manufactured at Texas Gigafactory, which it expects to become the highest volume car factory in America. The company also plans to release the Tesla Semi-EV next year, and production of Optimus Humanoid Robot also starts in 2023, said Musk. The Cybertruck is expected to start at $39,900. Despite record deliveries in the first quarter, a recent COVID-19 spike in China forced Tesla to suspend production at its Shanghai factory for several days. Tesla shares are up 0.3% pre-market. With the Fed already behind the curve and stagflation a very real risk, you can still reach your financial goals in this challenging economic environment. SA Marketplace EPB Macro Research has modeled a portfolio on Ray Dalio's all-weather portfolio, which allows you to profit in all economic environments and avoid costly drawdowns. It provides clear and actionable economic research, and for a short time, you can enjoy 20% off subscription when you subscribe today. As of 6.20 a.m. today, global markets are up. U.S. futures are as well, with the Dow and NASDAQ up 0.3%, S&P up 0.2%. Crude is up 1.2%, gold is down 0.1%, and Bitcoin is up 0.3% to $43,539. The 10-year Treasury yield is up two basis points to 2.67%. Look for the Baker Hughes rig count report at 1 p.m. Eastern. That concludes today's Wall Street Breakfast. Thank you for listening. For the best investment analysis and news on the web, go to SeekingAlpha.com. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. You can sign up for our other podcasts, the Cannabis Investing Podcast and Marketplace Roundtable Podcast on those platforms as well. Have a wonderful day.